it's not about finding your passion. It never is because that's it's very, very difficult. It's about finding something that gives you energy. Welcome to the Crossroads Psychology video podcast. I'm Vojko Michnia signing in from Beijing. In this episode, we'll talk about technology, education, and the future of the internet. I'm joined today by Carl Heaton, a product designer and entrepreneur who has been calling Thailand home for more than a decade. He is now leading the product design for True V World and loves building teams. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and have a dialogue with me, Carl. My pleasure. It's really good to be here and really nice to see you again. Right, right. We'll how get into ago, that. How long ago was it that you was at the school? So uh, I left Thailand far, four years ago and then right. probably two years before that we worked together wow. on, uh, on, on my little project. But we'll yeah. get into that soon. Sure. First of all, I like to begin our discussion by asking you, since you've been in Thailand for so long, how has Thailand changed in terms of business environment and business opportunities over the past decade? The easiest way to say that is, is Thailand opened itself to the rest of the world. Um, so previously it was a very insular, close-knit community within itself. And so it could behave how it behaved with itself and businesses ran how they did here. Um, but as they started to open themselves up to uh, international opportunities, international ways of working, international business, uh, they realized that they had to change. And that's that's kind of the, the, the beauty of, of Thailand is is that willingness to change and, um, and the hunger for it. So the uh, Thai people are wonderfully entrepreneurial, if, if not one of the most entrepreneurial people I've ever seen. And you can see that from the massive uptick in startups. Like it just, it just fit very, very well with the time mentality of, you know, everybody's got a side hustle. I mean, everybody, mm -hmm. even the, the cleaner, even my wife, she, she, she recently became accredited to sell insurance for some reason, but yeah, so everyone's got a side hustle and, and, uh, they hustle well here in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was the same while I was teaching in, uh, in Bangkok, I had many students who approached me and said, Oh, Mr. Mihnia, how, what, what else can I do on the side? Like, mm. I know you're entrepreneurial, give me some tips. So I introduced right. them to Upwork, to Fiverr, and yeah, yeah. some of them uh, were quite successful, you know, on, uh, on these platforms. And I have one student who actually found his calling on Upwork. He became oh. a videographer for uh, speed races. And you know how in Buriram there is like a circuit? Oh, dude. Oh, yes. It's low. So he, he yeah, became yeah. the guy you went to if you wanted that uh, race recorded. Nice. So it was, it was yeah. amazing. And after that, he dropped out of college and started a business selling car parts to Australia. So okay. it all started in high school with like, oh, Mr. Michna, tell me, give me an idea for a side hustle. And then he ended up starting his own business a few years That's later. Brilliant. So That's I totally awesome. agree. The level of entrepreneurship in Thailand is, is, is visible for sure. Yes. And, and like when I, when I first came here, which was you know, about 15 years ago, there was, there was no tech scene for international people. So I learned to teach English and then they saw my CV and they asked me to teach IT and I, I taught that and which was quite fun. And then, uh, and then I became a project manager 
because there was a lot of like little agencies uh, run by international people. And so that, that was a, a way in. And then some of those agencies grew um, into amazing agencies like, you know, Morphosis and Seven Peaks. Uh, and there's, there's many of these bigger agencies. And so gradually through, through things like the, the, the BKK meetup uh, and things like that, meetups really sort of fostered a, a very big uh, melting pot for, for a change of business with regards to tech anyway. So, so yeah, it was, it was nice that people coming together fostered the change, the, the, you know, and got rid of the inertia and, and started a whole wonderful renaissance here in, in Thailand over the past 10 years. True, true. And since you were talking about meeting people and meetups, I first met you through your school web courses. So I was in the, I, I think you remember, I was in the process of redesigning my website yeah. and I needed some help strategizing and, yes. you know, looking into the brand. And if you remember, yes. I came with like a huge poster with all my ideas and we brainstormed. So what, what was the vision for web courses Bangkok when you first started? That's how I found you. And that, I think that's how many people in Bangkok know you for. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Pretty, pretty. I, well, I don't know if the word is infamous or famous. I don't know. I think um, it's famous. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of people know me from, from this. Um, so the, what the, was the, the vision there? The, the, vision, the vision was to, to bring an international level of design and ideation to Thailand. Like I said, when I worked as a, as a, as a project manager, my manager asked me to hire some people. I interviewed 24 people and I didn't want to hire anyone. I didn't want to hire That's anyone when you start them. training Any, your own people. Of, because, because they, they just, they didn't have, with, with what we do, you have to have a hunger, um, in, in, in anything you do, but especially with design, if you're not hungry, you're not, you're not moving forward and you'll just, just do the same stuff over again. It's literally like eating the same meal day to day. And if you're not hungry, you're not going to try different things. And so all of these people, they were just so comfortable because it was so rare to be in technology that they could ask what they wanted. They could do what they wanted, but nobody really cared. And I was like, look, I've been an educator and I looked at the competition and there was none. There was nobody teaching in English. And I, and I thought, right, I want to, I want to build a, a really logical way of what, how I grew as a designer. And I wanted to, to get people not, not teach skills, but to get them hungry to learn, to, 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 to experiment, to play, to ideate, uh, and to, uh, and to come up with, with great solutions for, for design issues. And, that, and that's where it came from. And over time, how have things changed? in these strange times we live in. Ooh, where where yeah. are you now with web courses? So, so <clears throat> web courses went to the absolute tippy top. Um, it was wonderful. And, you know, we have such a, a wonderful brand recognition right now. We're nice. We're, we're quiet because I'll tell you that story in a moment, but, um, essentially web courses just exploded, um, with, with, with how we were doing it. And I think the reason for it was, Everybody involved in it just loved what they were doing. Like working with, with people like yourself was absolutely what we wanted to do. We wanted to, you know, I originally, I thought, oh, we're gonna, you know, we, I think it's probably me. Um, we wanted to do group courses and learn Photoshop and stuff like that, but it was nowhere even close to what the, the beauty of web courses was, which is 
sitting next to someone, yeah. listening to their dream and filtering it through your experience into something that can potentially work. Because that's the problem is like a lot of people came to us and said, oh, I've got this idea and we're going to do this and this and this. And eventually I have to say, look, I, I really love your ideas. I great. Let me recommend we start here. Let's start with this. Let's do this. Have you thought about that? And so the thing that we, the thing that I started to notice was people really responded to the fact that it wasn't education. It wasn't academic. It mm. was vocational. Very and practical. Fuel that with passion. And it's like, hey, come in, you do nine hours with us, three hours, three hours, and three hours. And at the end of it, you can have a finished website that you can run yourself, right? And you have that, hey, here's a list of websites you can get images from. Here's a list of websites that you can get content writers from, you know, Upwork and, and Fiverr. And those were the kind of things. And, you know, people were like, many, many people would come in and they would go, right, I just want to sell things online. Great, what do you want to sell? Things. What kind of things do you want to sell? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I said, okay, great. What do you like? Uh, don't know. Uh, tennis? Great. Okay. What do you know about tennis? Etc. And then, like you said, with the, with, you know, you become that person in Buriram who who does that one thing. Mm. And that that was the key for us is is trying to look into people's hearts and go, look, I know you want to sell online. I know you want to do a lot of stuff. But what what makes you happy? What what excites you? And I think. For all of your listeners uh, for Crossroads, you know, please, it's not about finding your passion. It never is because that's it's very, very difficult. It's about finding something that gives you energy. If it gives you energy, you can do it again. And if you build consistency, you can build something from nothing. We did. We were, I was just me and a, and a whiteboard this big, right, in a coffee shop. And, you know... And, 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 and then I managed to, to, to build web courses from that. And I think what was great about web courses was also the fact that it built, you guys built a community there. And I remember yeah. that our, our first session, you said like, let's take a, let's take a, a selfie together with your uh, Polaroid yeah. camera. And yes. then you said, pin, pin your country on the, on our map. Yeah. And it was great to see there, like you guys were spread all over the world and you had so many collaborators and you help so many people and well, we i also never like anyone from antarctica i wanted i wanted to teach a penguin a, a penguin yeah never a, a managed penguin. to do it but it's never never too late never too late yes yes i reached out to you at that time because i was trying to change my strategy for my website i was yes. understanding more about branding yes. and in our in our talks you in our website design strategy sessions at your headquarters in Bangkok, you put yes. a lot of emphasis on UX and UI, user experience yes. and user interface. I was more of a person who was content, 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 but I had a feeling that it was not presented in the proper way so that you maintain people's uh, eyes on your website. So how do you see, what's the connection between the two? Uh, UI, UX, content, what should a web designer have in mind or someone, so, not a web designer, someone who wants to start his own website or her own website? Awesome. Great. Thank you for that question. It's, it's a really, really great question. So let's, first of all, let's, let's talk about the why, why, why have a website? So a website does one of three things, right? If you boil it down, it either sells something, it educates you or it gets traffic, right? 
So there's those three things. So figure out what you want to do. So for example, if you're selling something, then you know, you, 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 you know, it might be an e-commerce website. It might be a blog that has links that you sell later and things like that. Or if you're educating someone, it might be just sharing your passion for psychology, sharing your passion for telling stories or whatever it might be. And then the third thing is, if you're doing it for advertising, if you're doing news about, you know, for example, psychology or entrepreneurship, um, you know, travel and things like that, being a father, you know, whatever it might be, then, then you'll get money from, from doing the traffic. Each of those things has a different story and a different process around it. So the first thing to do is like, what do I want to do? Great. Okay. So I want to sell things, right? What do you want to sell? I want to sell um, this. Okay, great. So let's say, for example, you're selling a, a web design course. Who wants that course? Okay. So it's people who are entrepreneurs, right? What do entrepreneurs want? They want this, this, and this, and just writing that down. And then you think about this and this, this really helped me. This it's, it was a, it was a visualization that really, really helped me with all my students. I said, just imagine this, right? When someone lands on your website, imagine a checklist above their head, right? These little checklists like this, and they have to check it off before they take an action. All right. So for example, um, let's say it's a, it's a web, you know, for example, a web design course is like, you know, is it in English? Cause I'm in Thailand. So make that clear, right? So English courses. And what you do is when you know these questions, you can then sprinkle that into everything that you do. All right. Is it practical? Cause dude, I don't have time to do two years. Yeah. It's, it's a practical English course in web design. Oh, and now I'm just doing the headings and I'm, and I'm doing this and I'm checking these things off for people. Third, is it run by people who are experts? an expert led vocational course in English. All right. And so you gradually with the, the, the headings that you put inside your, your website start to really make sense to the people reading it. And so two things I can recommend. Number one, with regards to a user experience or whatever for a website is think of the three W's. And this is always something that I found very easy to teach because it's a simple rule that really helps. The three W's are who you are, what you do and what to do next. So who you are is, you know, we're crossroads psychology, bang, what we do. We're a podcast highlighting the, the importance of psychology and how it can help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Right? So you say exactly what you do, mm. right? And then below you have a call to action. View our podcast, take our course, contact me, right? And if you have those three things, no matter if you're a personal coach, whatever it might be, you have to do those three things first. And then you've got a big tick for your users to then want to read more. All right. And the rest of it is just making sure that they're in the right decision. So making sure you have social proof. Who have you worked with? How many people have you worked with? What success have you had? What uh, certifications do you have? Some, some details about what you do how to get in touch. Is it create a, uh, is it create a, like a, an appointment that we did to run this, this podcast? Is it, is it call me? Is it add me online? Whatever it might be. And then lastly is some of the details. When do you require payment? How does this work? Who's involved? What is the, what is the type of security involved? If I give you some details and things. So those are, so, the, so those are some of the big things that I would do with a website. Mm. 
Now, back to the question, UX and UI. So yeah. UX user experience is this, in my opinion, giving the right answers to the right people at the right time. The right answers. So think about the questions that they're asking. Is psychology important to me if I'm a doctor, uh, if I'm a, a mechanic, right? Okay, well, yeah, it is, because if you're trying to convince someone to get the package, da-da-da. All right, so, so right, right questions to the right people. Am I talking to the right people? Is it mechanics that are doing my course? Is it mechanics who I'm interested in? No, it's not. It's entrepreneurs. All right. What type of entrepreneurs? And just taking a moment to think about that. And lastly, the right time. What a lot of people do on their website, and this is, this is a, a problem I find a lot, is at the very top, they'll say, buy now. And what? <laughs> you haven't told me yet. You know, at least, at least buy me a drink before you, uh, you know, ask me to go back to your house. You know, smooth me. You know, give me your story. Give me about yourself. And then you can make a decision. And so that's that. So UX, when you're doing UX, you're, you're, you're building a, let's say, for example, like a house. You're doing the architecture of the house. I've got, right, I've got a room here. And this is where this lives. And I've got this here. And I've got this here. And I've got this here. And the reason I have this here is I've researched it. I asked some people and, and they, they need it. Great, 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 got that. So we've got, got everything there. And then what we can do is we can start to go, right, what does this place need? What does this about page need? A bit of history would be great. Oh, and we've got those certificates that we work with and all oh, the story. I mean, the story of how we got here is fantastic. Let's put that in. And then lastly, UI is painting the walls. Is that blue? Is it green? Is it yellow? Does it accordion? Is it, is it a slider? Is it a video? And, and so that's it. So UX is the why and the what, and the UI UX. is the how you see it. How, how you see that it. Is, the, yeah. the, this is amazing stuff. I feel like I'm being transported back in time when we yes. had <laughs> almost the same, uh, the same, the same, uh, the same, the same conversation we had before, right? Uh, yeah. in, in Bangkok. So the way you presented it, you spoke, you, you presented it from the point of view of, of an entrepreneur. How about yes. from the point of view of a designer who wants to just design a website and just wants to do this as a job, as a business? Ooh. Is there still, is there still money in the field? What would you advise someone who wants to get into designing websites and like, what do they need training? Do they need to go to college? Do they just need a strong portfolio? Do they need to take the risk and design this ridiculously amazing website that has never been designed before? So how does one get into the business of designing websites as a designer? It is a great question. So, um, what's your favorite type of food? It'll yeah. be Japanese for sure. I love okay, Japanese good. food, but Japanese. I don't have it all the time. Now, if you wanted to be a Japanese, Japanese chef, okay, you'd probably need to eat a lot of Japanese food. So one of the first things, if you want to be a good designer, is look for design, right? And this is, a, this is something I've taught to, to uh, hundreds of thousands because of you, my Udemy courses. So I've taught to a lot, a lot of people is the first thing that you want to do as a designer is you need to see design, right? I know that sounds really weird. So people go, all right, I need to learn HTML and WordPress or React or whatever it is. That, that, that's later, right? That's, that's kind of like, that's learning how to cook, 
which is fine. But the first thing you need to do is learn how to eat. So my advice is to anyone who wants to become a designer is just start to look at design, right? Whatever you're using now, if you're using YouTube to watch this podcast, if you're using Apple, look around it. What do you see? Where is the play button? Where is the pause button? Where is the, you know, what does it look like to see the progression? And start to look at things a little bit deeper than just surface level as a user. Because a user is here, a designer is here, right? The designer is a little bit deeper. So the first thing you do is left eye and right eye. The left eye analyzes what you see. The right eye continues doing what you normally do, right? Whatever it might be, using Facebook, um, looking at a website, ordering a pizza, whatever it might be. But the left eye is going, oh, I like that drop down. That's pretty cool. I might use that. And that's the first step to becoming a designer is noticing design. First step to becoming a Japanese chef is is tasting Japanese food. Wow, this sushi is better than that one. I wonder why. And that curiosity of going right, what makes that a good design? What makes this a good uh, a good app? Is is the first step to doing it. The second step is finding out your style. So I work I work with a, a I hate to say this an amazing designer called uh, he's called Matthias. And, and he and I have a very different style, right? Mine is full of life and it like, here is everything. And this is just, there you go. Wow. You know, and, and his is Swedish. And so his, his style is very minimal, just very clean. And somewhere in the middle is, is that, but people like my design and people like his design. So the next thing is find your style, go on Behance, go on dribble, go on, um, CSS Design Awards, go on AWW Awards, go on look-book.com. Go on those websites and just see what you like. Because when you, when, you, when you know your style, then you can start to go down that route. And that's, that's where you go. The next thing is you need to decide how you're going to realize what you do. Now, there's two big steps, right? Which is design and development. Right. And then later you've got marketing and before that you've got kind of UX. But the big, big things is designing it and building it. Now, what I would recommend is you would start with building it. And I know that sounds really weird. If you want to become a designer, jump on WordPress. There's many ways of doing that or Squarespace or Wix or many other places. And just start to put things on a screen. Right and then put things here and put things here and go, does that fit? Right. And you go, Oh, fonts, fonts. Ooh, let's research fonts and go through that, that, that thing of learning about fonts. And if you learn WordPress and then you learn design and eventually you'll get to a point where you're like, this design sucks. I need it to be better right now. You can start to learn Figma or Adobe XD and those will allow you to build designs and then you can build those designs you've designed. And that's, that's the kind of rhythm that you go. So number one, start looking at design. Number two is thinking about your style. Number three, think about, do you want to be a designer or a developer? Number four, just start developing anyway. And number five is think about, do I want to improve the design or do I want to get more technical? There you go. There you go. Amazing. Amazing. Very, very strategic. Would you recommend? <laughs> Would you recommend self-teaching or jo joining a course 
or doing a full four-year or three-year college degree. What I'm asking, because I learned how to edit videos by yes. watching yes. a lot of videos yes, and then editing and then re-editing. And then one day I said, okay, let me have a look at the uh, Final Cut Pro manual. And it was 900 pages long. Easy, easy. A and I said, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to just figure it out by myself. Yeah. So that's, that, that was my style. I just could not go through the manual and okay, let me see what happens if I click this button, I would just edit and it, in the process, if I needed something new, I would quickly uh, do a YouTube search, like the greatest university ever, uh, how to add a pop-up on my video. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that, that depends on the person you are, right? That highly depends on the person you are now. May I recommend, yeah, let me, let me try this. There is four types of learners, according to Dr. Bernice McCarthy, an amazing person. Please check her out. So Dr. Bernice McCarthy, she was, um, I, I took one of her courses and, um, one of my good students became a very good friend, introduced me to her and she talked about the four different types of learners. So to answer your question, it's about who you are as, as a learner. So the first one is the why, right? So the first type of learner is the why learner. It's like, right, why do I need to learn this? If you're the type of person who's like, why do I need to learn this? And da, 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 what you should find is a good teacher, yeah. right? Take a course, take a course, do university and things like that, because those people, I hope, um, will have the why for you. This is why you need to learn this, because if you're, if you're like me and you've been in the industry for like over 20 years, you know why you need to do that because all the way down here, you're going to do this because of that. So if you're a why person and you need someone who can give you that reason to learn, grab a teacher, right? The next one is the what people, they love, um, research. And these are the kind of people a bit like yourself, right? Who can dive into, uh, into research and they'll go through everything very methodically. They're very, very good learners. They, they love teachers and that's fine, but they can, they can, they can work with a teacher as long as the teacher is, is, is very academic. And these kind of people can learn on their own. They can jump on YouTube and, and figure it all out and, and read as well. Not just watch and do that. Cause that's something else they can, they can really research it and they can learn it and they can build on it, build on it and build on it. So if you're that kind of person who at school, you are like, yeah, tell me which chats to read. I will read it and I will know it. If you're that type of person, then you can self-learn or do a longer course, like a university degree, right? The third type of learner, which is me, and maybe yourself, is the how people. It's like, stop talking, please, can, can you Show just stop? Me. I just wanna do this, show me. What do I do? Just, I don't care how or why or what, just, I wanna make a pop-up. Can I just make a pop-up? What, what do I press? What, where, there, there, sure. Right. Thank you. Got it. Right. And so they learn by doing a pop-up and it looks horrible and they do it again. It looks a bit better. And then, you know, they, they gradually just learn by doing so all of that prerequisite stuff. And, and if you're that kind of person who doesn't like listening to others and just wants to know the answers, cause you know, your direction, you know, where you're going, then, then do, then totally do what you did. All right. And then there's the last people. Now these ones are a little bit different. They call the what ifs, right? Now a what if they respond to definitely a group environment, 
but they they really they really want to learn learn quick so they can do it their way. All right, I want to do a pop up. Think, how do I animate that? Yeah, but what if I wanted to make it sound? And what if you know what I mean? They're they're constantly like that. So those are the kind of people that can kind of go in any direction. They will go in any direction anyway. And if you're the old, if you're the type of person who always wants to put your your scent on it, your your taste on it. Um, you can go in any direction as long as you make sure you give yourself space to do your own thing. If you do go down a course and you find that, no, it has to be like this and module two and then module three and then module four, you will not like that. You're not that kind of person. You're more of a vocational, you know, trying things out. So why find a short course, the what, longer course, the how, do it yourself and the what ifs, bit of everything. Perfect, perfect. Now, what do we do? What do we do? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I remember pretty well. What do we yes. do with people with people like you who are perfectionists? Now, Ooh, yes. I remember very clearly when I was doing my website, you were saying I'm redesigning web courses website too. And I was like, what, what do you need to redesign? It's, it's perfect. No, 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 no. I, I need to redesign it. And we got into some really odd details, like I need this line to be a few pixels down the center of, of the screen. And I was like, oh. no, I would notice that. And you recognize that. What do we do with the people like you then who are perfectionists? Let them do what they do. Let, mm. let them be, you know, let them be. And, and all the teams that I manage, uh, I manage three different teams and, and, and they will laugh when they, when they hear this, because they know me, um, for being a perfectionist in that. And, and the, look, the perfectionist, there, there is two, okay. There's two things to think about. One, the aesthetics of what you see, the eye can always see imperfections. It's extremely good at that. How it deals with that is up to you. If you're focused on booking a flight, but there's a pixel missing, no one cares. But if you're trying to find a designer to hire, that's a different story. Mm. So the context really matters. The main thing for, for me as a, as a, as a perfectionist in, in what I do is it's pride. I know when I've delivered something that it's absolutely perfect. Like, um, I had a TV fitted on my wall the other day. I don't know if I can show that, uh, there. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So they fitted the wall and they were like, okay, uh, set lock up. Okay. It's finished. I'm like, oh, sorry. It's, it's not straight. No, it's straight. Um, it's, it's not straight. It's straight. I'm like, could you, could you check? And so they got the, the level out and it was just a tiny little bit out. And they were like, how did you know? I'm like, it's my job, right? Your job <laughs> is putting up TVs. My job is seeing that. And yeah, it gave me a bit of a buzz to, to notice that, but yeah. it's a pride thing. So if it is a perfectionist, the only thing you have to worry about is, is time. You can't let a perfectionist go over time. You've got to say, dude, you have this. If it's not finished, you have to move on. Mm -hmm. And I think also when people start into like video editing or website design or mm -hmm. article writing, I think it's very important to let your work out in the open so you can get feedback and become the perfectionist when you have built already a reputation and you have something to, you know, look back on. Yeah. So I think sometimes beginner perfectionists oh, yeah. use it as an excuse. Oh, it's not good enough. I'm not going to put it out there. Like if I yeah. look at my first 
edited videos and my first like vlog and my the persona on the, on the on the uh, on the camera it's like hilarious it's yeah. hilarious it's but if journey. i had, yeah. if i hadn't done that first video and that first edit and that awkward uh, uh, introduction i would have never had you know the guts to call you and interview you right yeah so there's a wonderful book i can highly recommend it's called the mastery the keys to success and long-term fulfillment by george leonard and i highly 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 recommend your listeners to read that because it teaches you about the type of person you are are you a kind of person who goes right i'm going to get final cut pro i'm going to get the best mac and i'm going to get the the, the biggest hard drive you've ever seen i'm going to get a blue um a um uh, black magic, uh, red camera, boom! I've spent millions. You use it once, or right? you, or, or you, you never, get... you never learn how to use it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get all that dopamine from buying that stuff, but you never really put in the effort. And so, um, this, 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 this hackers, the path to mastery, and eventually, the the story is, is the path of mastery is this: you you have a plateau, and then you get worse, and then you get a little bit better. And you go just a little bit higher next time. And so you're gradually going up like this, but it is a kind of going, oh, that edit was terrible. Oh my God, I can't do anything. I'm just going to give up. But then you don't, but then you'd get a little bit better. Oh, okay. And I found that with design. And what I would recommend to anybody who's starting out with anything is copy, copy, and then copy more. Yeah. Right. Steal like an artist. Exactly. Well, do Picasso. Yeah. So highly recommend that because the, the, what happens is this, right? Say, for example, me, I do not know how to edit videos. So if I went and worked with you and you were teaching me, I would, I would kind of like fail, which would be fine. Right. Mm. And then I would look at what you're doing and then I would try and copy you. And then the, the, the people who just do it their own way are just doing it their own way. They're not getting better. What you need to do is force yourself to literally copy someone who's better than you. I mean, that's how it works for the, for, since the ages, doing bow and arrow, right? I know, so I know. And I think it's also a concept that I, I ran into quite a lot here in China. So I did some um, calligraphy with, uh, with a calligraphy teacher. Wow. And I literally painted hundreds of strokes, right? Yeah. And I just wanted to know exactly how he did it. And I just copied him again and again yes. and again. Yeah. And now I'm learning a Chinese instrument called the Guqin. It's like a stringed instrument. And, but I, I, can't, I can't read music. I, I don't know classical music. I don't know the notes. And right. the notes used on this instrument are Chinese characters, which I, obviously I don't know. So right. I literally... Uh, copy the teacher. So the position of her fingers, I copied the same thing and I remember it visually. And then I, rem I also remember the melody. So mm. it's easier for me to, to learn through copying. And now when I reached a, a better level, I can play a few pieces. Now I'm starting. Okay. So this note here, is it this character here? Oh, now I get it. Yeah. So nice. you copy and then you start making sense of things as, as you progress. Yep. You okay. mentioned teams, you mentioned you're, you're working with three teams. Let's, let's talk now a bit about your, your role as a head of product design for true D world. 
what, yeah, so, what do you actually do? What does product design entail for yeah, so, VWorld? Um, uh, designers, they have many different flavors. So you have a graphic designer, uh, often they'll do posters and books and logos and branding. Graphic designers, um, you might have uh, animation designers, um, but a product designer is something that is kind of like, like what we're using now um, to record this podcast. Um, the, the product that we work with is called uh, V-Room, which is kind of like uh, it's online conferencing. The, the thing that we're focusing on is we're building a platform um, primarily for the, the, the local environment here in Thailand. And then with my help and my team's help, we're going to then grow it internationally. Our focus is, is around um, kind of like the end-to-end -end story of doing video conferencing, like, like Zoom and Meet. So, mm -hmm. so Zoom and Meet are here. What we want to do is think about the before and the after the meeting, all right? So we want to give them tools that help them invite the right people um, and manage the, the security. And at the end of it, we want to give them reports about who was engaged and who was, who was listening, you know, on feedback and things like that. Um, and so we've, we're working on a feature at the moment called engagement, um, and we can clap, things like that. We can smile. And, and one thing that was really nice is that one of our main... Um, one of the main things that we can do is, is a why, all right? So we can actually do a why, which is a big thing here in Thailand. And so I'm the, the designer for that. I design for, I run the design team that runs the app. We have an app and we have a desktop as well. Um, and so that's that's what I do. And, and from nothing, we had two junior designers who didn't know what they were really doing. Um, you know, when we've grown the team and hired new people and every process um, every process that we do is I, I created, um, and with the help of, like I said, my friend Matthias, um, he and I worked together as consultants. We worked out a lot of things, and I brought that to my team. And and yeah, I think I think they're happy. They don't like because I make fun of them a lot, and I'm a horrible boss, and I'm a perfectionist, and I shout at them a lot. Hmm. But apart from that, I think they're quite happy. Um, yeah, I think video video conferencing apps are just exploding and have already exploded. In in Thailand, we have a similar application uh, called Ding Talk, and oh. and it's again a combination of Zoom and Meet and everything else in between. Ding Talk, but again, it's geared towards uh, Chinese people. So right. At a point, you kind of learn which buttons to press because you know what they do, but it's more yeah. intuitive for, for Chinese people. Ah, okay. Since we're talking about apps and so on, let, let's switch a bit focus and let's, let's discuss the interaction between websites and social media platforms. Mm. I was okay. listening at a, at a point to this, uh, podcast saying that in the future, there won't be any more website. The website will just be like a, a door and all the interaction will happen through an, an app or through a different way of uh, a different platform. So do you think websites are slowly becoming obsolete? Although I have to add something I'm, I, I'm asking and I kind of, I think I'm, I know what you will answer, but on my website, because I kept it up for so many years. Now I rank on, on Google first, on the first page of Google for many keywords. Good. And even if I don't update it that often, it still brings in a decent amount of traffic. 
I can see the value of a website that was started long time ago. But how about now? Do people, do businesses start a website that links to all social? Or what, 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 where do you see the interaction in the future? The, the thing that comes to mind is, would you live in a hotel or a home? So a hotel is, is for many people, right? But a home is, is for you. Your website is for you. And when you invest in your own website, it's for you. If you invest in your social media platform and stuff like that, um, then, then you're investing in Facebook. You're not investing in yourself, right? And I mean long, long term. Now, the thing is, is like this question is, whoever was discussing on the podcast, they're talking about two different things. They're not equal, right? Now, if you want to sell things online, you can do that on a website and you can do it on a social platform and you can do it on a marketplace, right? So that's fine. So it's just about a choice. Mm. It's not about one or the other. Now, everyone that I've ever talked to eventually moves back to a website or moves to a website because they want to have their own control. Even with Etsy, Etsy might be, you know, you can sell some of your products and stuff, but you have a place that's your home and it has your blog, it has your story, and it has something that you invest in and it can be a, a, something more than what you just do on social media. The problem with social media is you have a lot of noise, right? So, for example, if I'm on social media and then, you know, I'm looking at your product, I'm going to I'm gonna buy, some, buy some meat from you or whatever it might be, um, and then suddenly, you know, someone's popping up, hey, do you want to go to the poetry, uh, kinetic poet, kinetic poet, poetic, shout out to my friend Rory um, on Friday, um, and you go, oh, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, that, that sounds great, I'll, I'll go. And then you forgot about what you were doing. And so you you get much higher volume of people on social media, but you might potentially get a better conversion rate on your own website. But like I said, your your own website is your own home. It's it's where you live and it's where your brand is built. Your brand is just a big in the sea. It's like it's like a hotel room. There's just people going through it. You never remember a hotel room. And so yeah, it's just a different thing. And I think it depends on the, the thing that I used to tell people is, you know, try and sell online to figure out what works. When you find out what it works, build a website. Right, right. But how, how difficult do you think is to build a website that will pick up traffic and become noticeable these days? Good I, I remember, Good. I remember again our conversations and uh, we, we started talking about keywords and you said that my keywords are web courses, Bangkok, and if I don't rank first on Google, it's a shame for my business. And it's a shame for me. I, I like, it's very clear to me, like you said that. So obviously you had to build that over a long period of time. Now, I think you can still do it today, but the investment is pretty substantial. It's more of a, of a process than a journey, a process than a destination, right? You don't rank like that. What you do is you, you, you start to find holes and, and stuff that, people have done now people first, say, oh, no, stop you... stop first you click publish yes yeah yeah yes. first you click publish right um actually no actually no tell me so what you can do yeah it's, again right yeah so it's not about that is is you can build tension before you click publish 
So on your social media platform, you can say, well, we're uh, you know, for example, you could take a screenshot of this now, mm. right? And say, had a great chat with Carl Heaton, really looking forward to editing the video next week or something like that. So you can build attention before that, right? And again, in how you say those words, you can say interview with an entrepreneur, interview with entrepreneur, interview with successful entrepreneur. Maybe that's something that you do. And with regards to things like keywords and stuff like that, a lot of people think that every keyword is, is equal. It's not. There's lots of different ones. There's branded keywords. So Web Courses Bangkok is a branded one. It's easier. Like Crossroads Psychology, I found you instantly when I was looking for your other profiles because my teams uh, at True, they wanted, they wanted me to share where they can find this podcast. And, I, and I didn't know. And I was like, brilliant. Crossroads, bang, 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 right? Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. He's done a great job, right? And so branded keywords is one of the things. So yeah, you have to have your name in there, right? The second thing is, is like when you're trying to do an activity or something like how to do something or how to do something like that, then you've got things like comparative stuff, this versus that, you know what I mean? So there's, there's lots of these things. The, the thing that you should think past keywords, right? And this is the big thing is what does the user want to do? The example I always used to use is swimming lessons, right? Do I want to be top of Google for swimming lessons? Not really, because I'm a, a, a person who teaches swimming in Thailand. In Bangkok right? for that. In Bangkok, for example. So how, how can I be, you know, like, um, you know, what, what type of things can I write to, to attract those people? There's a really good website called Backlinko, and there's one thing that Brian said in one of his posts is that people are only looking for what you do 1% of the time. What are they doing for the other 99? Because it's still the same person, right? So if they know your podcast is around and they know it's about psychology and entrepreneurship and achieving your goals, if you can keep in mind to those people, then when they do think about that 1%, they think of you. You know what I mean? So it's not only about best website design course in Bangkok. It's not about that. It's, you know, it's about how can I, um, how can I start a business in Bangkok as a foreigner? You do a good post on that and you, you, all your website is branded with the, who you are, what you do, what to do next. Boom, boom. That's, that's, that, that's that flow. And it pulls everyone in. Yes. The, the sales, the sales funnel is really good. I would check that out. It's like just a good old fashioned sales funnel. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people miss out. It's like just get people interested and stuff like that. So here in China, we have an application called WeChat. Yes, you do. And WeChat is basically a combination of everything. So I have a WeChat account and I have a YouTube like page. You can have shorts like TikTok. You can have Instagram, Facebook feeds, instant messaging, obviously blogging, you even have ePay functions. When yeah. you order at a restaurant, you use WeChat. You have shopping links. Do you think that this could be the future of online information dissemination? Like an everything app that uh, Elon Musk is talking about? Everything under one umbrella? And is that is that something to look forward to or is that something to be wary of? It's a great question. And I'm going to quote one of my favorite people in the world, Carl Jung. So Mr. Jung, in his later years, he went a little bit crazy, but he was talking about the constellation of Pisces. Essentially what he was talking about 
was how the world goes from spiritual to science, spiritual to science, and that's what's going to happen. You're going to go very spiritual, and everyone's going to go, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, and they become more scientific. And that's exactly what we saw in fintech. I know that's a bit of a segue, but fintech mm. did that. There was very, very specific, very, very, very niche apps uh, like TransferWise and things that they would do one part of a transaction and do this one thing very, very well. And like Transfer um, and like Shopify as well, um, Shopify is one of the biggest companies. They got bigger and bigger and bigger because they, their market grew. And then what happens is when you start to get this big, there's these little niche areas that get left behind that other people can pull out and start to explore and do really, really well, right? So what I'm trying to say is this, you'll find that it just it's just this, right? You'll get mega apps and then you'll get They'll get disseminated by other startups that do really, really well. And then you'll just use this and use this and this. And so they'll break apart and then it'll come together and it'll break apart and it'll come back together. And that's it. It's not as if it's a destination of we will always get bigger, you know, like Wally. The, but what's, what's, the big, what's the big supermarket called in Wally? It's probably people screaming at the screen now. Buy and sell or something. Anyway, but they have like everything in one place and and WeChat will be like that. And then what will happen is it'll be this one breakaway startup that will do this one thing that might be breaking up a bill when you're paying in, in a group. And it's just so easy, right? You just, you, everybody says, hi, and it understands everybody's voice, mm. right? And then it, you know, it disseminates the money and you know what I mean? Just whatever it could be. And so it's just gonna be a case of that throughout the product uh, the product life cycle, I think. All right. Thank you. This is actually a great insight and something to, something to think of in the future. Carl, <laughs> it's been a great pleasure to see you once again after, I don't know how many years, uh, six, years, six seven years. Thank you for sharing all these, um, beautiful strategies and tidbits of information. And I think people will find them useful, especially if they're interested into design, uh, website design and entrepreneurship. And yes. thank you for, um, for your time. My and, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And before we end, let, let, let's share something on a more personal level. So we're having this podcast right now. It's, it's, we started at 10, 1030 here in Beijing. It's 930 in Bangkok because I had to put my baby first to sleep. And again, yes. I remember when we first met, you just became a dad. Yes. And, and you, you were saying that. I'm like, I'm like a sponge now. I subscribe to every newsletter. And if you sell me something, I'll buy it. If you tell me it's going to help me with uh, me being a new father. So I'm a fairly new father. My baby's 20 months old and uh, my new one, my second child will, will be born in January. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. What advice? This is like off, uh, off web design topic. Uh, what advice do you have for future fathers? I'm also looking into, into this niche of people needing more advice as fathers about fatherhood, about what it means to be a father, to, to have children and to, we you know, grow them and raise them and then release them into, uh, into the world. So. What's your advice as a father for new fathers? Brilliant. So number one, number one is 
for, for brand new fathers is um, for brand new fathers, uh, you mean nothing. You mean nothing. And what I mean by that is forget everything about you. You've got to drop your ego. If you're tired, you're busy or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Your wife is first. If you have a wife or husband, whatever, right? Your wife or husband is first and whoever is taking the care of the baby is first. So do that. Sacrifice yourself, right? If you start going, no, no, I've got to hold on to myself and I must play football on the Thursday. Nah, no, you don't. You can work that out later. So brand new fathers, just just focus on, on, on getting through the day, day by day. The second thing is uh, for new fathers is pick, pick your baby up as much as possible when they're crying. Just respond to the baby. Let, 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 you know, don't start reading all these books and say just leave it and stuff like that. Now the third bit of advice, the best bit of advice, you must have a schedule, right? And you must keep to it. And whatever you do, don't try and keep changing based on what baby's doing. Baby is just the first, the first few, like six months. It's, it's not a thing. It's not a human. It's just this eating, pooing, sleeping machine. Right. And so all you have to do is have a, an, a tight schedule. And what you need to do is prepare for the next step before you do it. And I see a, a lot of dads doing this. Okay, let's go sleep. No, 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 no. You want to sleep, right? Then start when, then start doing that, and then try and get them to sleep, right? So no, no hard left turns. And then later, as a dad, is just remember that they are hundred percent copying you for the first two years. Yep, yep. I, Carl, I totally agree with you. In in the first years, you are on survival mode. Yes. If the baby cries, we must show affection. And yeah. you know, I was born in Eastern Europe and I was raised in Eastern Europe where you're supposed to be tougher and you, you learn, you learn the hard way, no psychology and all the psychology books behind you. I noticed them do reach the conclusion that showing empathy and picking up the child will make a strong person and will make a strong That's human cool. being. Yeah. And then routines are like amazing and we stick to routines like you, there's nothing stops you going crazy. that's why it i was you going crazy. i was very confident that 10 10 30 i'm free to do this podcast because i know i'll put my baby to sleep before 10 o'clock before nine o'clock so i think i totally uh connect with your um with your um uh, advice and then obviously the babies do copy us, especially if we have boys and I have, I'll, I will have two boys. I have a boy. Me too. They, they just copy everything you do. Mannerism, yeah. uh, behavior, uh, anything that you do the, the, two days later, like who taught you that? I and, then, <laughs> and then you realize that, oh, it was me who pushed. Uh, that was me. It was me who pushed the button of the toy with my foot because I was too lazy yeah. to, to, uh, to bend over and push the button by hand. And now no wonder you're stepping on your toys and on that exact same red button. I'm like, sure. I know why this happened. <laughs> Carl, thank you. Awesome. Thank you again for My your time. Pleasure. My pleasure. And it's been great catching up and, uh, we'll, we'll remain in, in touch. All yes, right. We will. All, All right. right. Take care now. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.